0: Welcome to The Worst Person in the Room. I'm your host, Teresa Francesca. In this podcast, I will be asking my guests questions about how they got to know themselves, what specifically they learned about themselves through what means, and generally delving into their psyches and their lives and their histories as much as they will let me. So this is the first episode, and I talked with a woman that I have actually never met in person, so I was nervous and kind of giggly. And a little less prying than I normally would try to be, but that might make this a really suitable first episode that we're not getting too, too deep and that you get to hear me be super nervous and basically ask my guest for reassurance while I'm asking her questions and be like, I'm a bad interviewer. Am I a bad interviewer? Am I a good interviewer? Tell me I'm doing okay. (laughs) Tell me I'm okay, Patrick. Anyway, before I just slide completely into the mud pit of psychosis here doing the introduction by myself, let's get into it. Hello to the inaugural real episode of The Worst Person in the Room. Joining me is my first guest. Would you like to introduce yourself?
1: Hello, my name is Allison Berkowitz. I'm a social worker and researcher in training in Baltimore, Maryland. Cool. And she has superpowers? Uh, <laughs> which
0: means that she talks to a ton of people. <laughs> oh. I mean that's that's a superpower in my opinion. Cool. <laughs> I'll take yes. it. Yeah, I always see you in really bright colors in your in your pictures online, so
1: <laughs> I am a fan of bright colors. <laughs> they are very cheerful. <laughs> Thanks. I'm going to start
0: asking you uncomfortable questions, but awesome. hopefully hopefully you've looked at them so.
1: <laughs> yep. I'm a, uh, I was a therapist for three years, so, uh, I've, you know, heard it all, seen it all. I'm fine with uncomfortable questions.
0: Perfect. (laughs) My favorite, my favorite type of person, especially (laughs) for this. (laughs) So can you tell me a little bit about, um, how you've learned more about yourself over the years? You can start in your childhood if you like. Well, I
1: was born on a cold February day. I'm just (laughs) kidding. (laughs) Um... Yeah, I mean uh, uh I've been through a lot of things and I um I'm I'm sure there's, you know, a way to just be raised where you know, you don't have to go through a bunch of stuff to uh to be a good person with really good character. But um but it, it took me a while, you know, and in, in going through some stuff. So um let's see. And I'm sorry, can you say again specifically what you were looking for? Did you say
0: how to, how you, how you learned more about who you are Mm. as a human, as a person.
1: Okay. Yeah. So, um, you know, I, I struggle with depression and anxiety and it started when I was about 15. Um, and I think that taught me a lot about myself. Um, you know, there was a year where I struggled with psychosis and, um, suicide attempts and all sorts of fun stuff. And, um, you know, once I made it on the other side and, um, got some meds that kind of stabilized me, I felt a big sense of accomplishment. And, uh, I think that taught me a lot about myself. Um, and then, you know, uh, as a, as a young person, um, I tried to go back, you know, I tried to go to school, to college several times, but, um, I moved out pretty early, like eight, around 18. And so I was working full time and trying to go to school full time. And, um, it, it was, I just never was able to make it work. So in my Mm -hmm. mid twenties, I was working dead end jobs that I hated. And, um, I really wanted to go back to school. So I, uh, i worked really hard and eventually was able to make that happen and i think through that process i learned a lot about myself and then finally uh i moved to alaska when i was 20 oh geez 28 ish and um i was in a very very remote part of alaska and um And it was really hard living (laughs) and my job was incredibly stressful and um, I was, I was lonely. I was isolated. And so that taught me an awful lot about myself. When I first moved there, someone told me, um, oh crud, I forgot the word. Oh, crucible. (laughs) This person told me this place is like a crucible. It'll burn the hell out of you, but you'll leave, you know, better, purer and uh and she was right
0: I mean that's always what I've hoped for whenever I'm going through you know really painful moments that you know this better you know burn the crap out of my soul and leave something (laughs) great and sparkling please
1: (laughs) I'm a big believer in that I mean I don't I don't know if something good comes from every something bad you know I'm sure yeah when you step in dog poop, there might not be any meaning for it, but I like to think the big stuff. Um, hopefully, you can you can take something from it. What did you
0: learn about yourself from living in this uh, like more isolated part of Alaska?
1: Girl, <laughs> uh, so in my twenties, I was a social butterfly. I went dancing every single weekend. I you know danced into the night with strangers and just had lots of fun, lots of friends, was hardly ever alone. And then I went to this place that had 3000 people. You could only fly (laughs) in or out. You couldn't drive in or out. There were no movie theaters, no shops, no, uh, no nothing. It was like the post office and a grocery store, the size of Walgreens. And that's basically it. And, um, and so I don't know. I just, yeah, I had to get comfortable real quick with being alone and that is hard, but it's an important skill to have, I think. I think everybody needs to know how to be alone. Um, and so I think that was a big part of it. Um, I also, you know, um, so, th- so the loneliness part, the, the, um, the village was 80% or more Native Alaskan. And, uh, understandably so they're tired of people being transient, (laughs) like coming and going. They, they, so they, they typically don't really warm up to people after until after they've been there for a while. So, um, you know, that, that was hard, but, uh, some native Alaskan folks taught me some really cool things. Like I learned how to hunt and fish and make my own clothes and, um, you know, just exist in negative 60 degree weather. And, um, I don't know, it's just a very unique experience and no one can ever take that away from me. So I think I got some pretty cool stuff out of it. Um,
0: what's something that you doubt about yourself? Hmm.
1: Um, Stephen and I are at that point, uh, my honey, your friend, um, (laughs) where, uh, you know, we're hoping to have kiddos eventually, and I really want kiddos, and I really want to be a good mom, but I um, I have my doubts that, you know, whether or not I'll be a good mom because um, I'm s- I struggle so much so frequently with anxiety and at times with mm-hmm. depression, and I'm fearful that that would take away from my ability to be a good mom, um, but... In general I I think it'll be fine and I'll be all right. <laughs> you know, people have been doing it for uh and and millennia and um but but that's definitely something I struggle with from time to time.
0: Okay, so the title of this podcast is the worst person in the room. Mm-hmm. Um because I've definitely felt like the worst person in the room. <laughs> and sometimes i've really like lauded myself on that position i'm like i will be the example of what not to be oh <laughs> i serve a purpose oh jeez <laughs> but uh have you ever felt like you're the worst person in a room and and why was that
1: if you have um i think probably when i was younger um i think that depends a lot on like how a person sees value and worth and um mm-hmm. mm I always felt when I was younger like the black sheep in my family because um my siblings and my parents were really high achievers. My parents were both college grads with master's degrees with you know good jobs and each of my siblings um graduated college and got great jobs and um you know they're 5, 6 and 8 years older than me. But when I was a teen, I was such a fuck up and like I just could not get my shit together. And, you know, even into my twenties, I, like I said, I kept falling out of school. And so definitely at family gatherings, uh, for a few years, I would just, I did feel like the worst person in the room. I'm just like, Oh God, I don't belong. (laughs) Um, but, uh, as I got older and you know, my, 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 um, my perspective changed and, my you know my sense of what makes a person good or bad and value and all you mm-hmm. know that that's changed quite a bit not to say that like I mean it's good that I went back to school and it, and it's good that I like went to therapy and worked through stuff but even if I hadn't done any of that I think you know most people are good and um yeah especially those of us who struggle like um so yeah yeah I
0: noticed that uh That in in the moments I feel like the worst person in the room or I feel like I'm standing out like painfully so just to myself. Uh It's always about like about my social insecurities, which, you know, are gigantic and have eaten my entire life uh, for many years.
1: Oh, man.
0: (laughs) So it's like, well, that's something I'm really sensitive about. So that's what I'm thinking about when I'm feeling like. so conspicuous in a room even if you know it's just to myself and other people don't notice interesting which would be helpful but (laughs) like I'd love if they didn't notice me feeling like a hermit crab in the corner (laughs) (laughs) but also it's like please notice please help me (laughs) lead the hermit
1: crab out
0: (laughs) into the world
1: (laughs) man yeah social anxiety is tough um I think are you aware of it at the time? You know, like what you're experiencing when you go into herbit Grab mode. Are you like aware of it, or does it only realize later, like maybe after you left the party?
0: No, I think I'm. 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 <laughs> I'm so aware of it that sometimes I'm like, wait, what's real? <laughs> oh man.
1: Well, because what I'm curious about and. Let me know if I need to step off. Like, sometimes I step into therapist mode. <laughs> but what I'm curious about is, like, if you could maybe uh, break out in those moments and ask for, not necessarily help, but, like, ask for something. Sometimes, you know, mm-hmm. just asking for something um, specific, direct, can help take you out of it, I think.
0: I wonder what I could ask for. My, my first thought was a glass of water because I'm
1: always thirsty. So <laughs> Definitely, a glass of water. And then... Yeah. You know, from there you could like kind of train yourself. Um, I'm a big believer in fake it till you make it. <laughs> so yeah. you know, um, small talk and um, mm-hmm. just like asking questions, I, th- I think uh, I think can be really helpful. Because um, like like I said, my 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 social anxiety was painful, painful, painful when I was a, you know like a teen, and I just had panic attacks. Like, any time I was in a big, you know, big or small, I guess, social event. But um, I find that focusing on others and, you know, trying to find out about other people is really, like, helpful Mm -hmm. and grounding. And, um, I mean, you know, that might not be your thing. But I think – I mean,
0: I'm doing this.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, but this is one-on-one. I mean uh, – Yeah, I mean, I guess that could be a social thing too, but um, I was thinking more like uh, out in the world. Um, Mm. Do you feel like you have trouble socializing in general? Yeah, yeah. Hmm. Well, I wish you luck um, on your journey. You know, there's no one easy thing, I think. um, And it can take a while to figure out what works for you, so... I wish you luck, and if you ever want to chat about it individually, hit me up.
0: I mean, I have more questions to. Ask. Oh yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> side
1: note. <laughs>
0: okay. Well, this is this next one is one of my favorite questions because my answer is always definitely yes. Do you ever act as the devil on someone else's shoulder?
1: Huh. Uh. I mean, sometimes, like, but only in small ways, like, um. If I have a friend that wants to do something indulgent, but, you know, isn't sure, but I know they really want it, I'll be like, treat yourself. <laughs> but I think that's about as devilish as I get.
0: <laughs> yeah, that's usually my level. I'm like, you you could buy a candle, but I feel like such like devious because it's like, I'm also <laughs> going to buy a candle. You can go to Red Robin. I'm also going to go to Red Robin. <laughs> I definitely, like, if someone, like, hints at something that they could do, I will, to just be bothersome or pixie-ish, I'm like, do it. Go (laughs) ahead. You know? (laughs) I want to see it. Be my entertainment. (laughs) I'm so awkward at interviews. You are doing
1: Fantastic. It's a challenging thing, especially because, I don't know about you, but when I'm doing interviews, I'm taking notes, I'm thinking of the next question, I'm, you know, trying to do a transition, you know, like, there's a lot going on, so I totally get it, you're doing great.
0: I'm trying. Plus, I'm really aware that, like, for one thing, we have not spoken before with our voices, and I'm just like, I'm going to ask you to, like, look at the darkest parts of yourself, if you're willing. (laughs) Or at least, like the darker shades of gray, <laughs> <laughs> yeah,
1: that's so funny. I just uh i had hadn't even thought of it that we hadn't talked on verbally yet, but uh or audibly mm-hmm. um but I think it's going good so far um, yeah i uh I don't know this this might sound dumb, but I almost feel like I'm better at making my way through the dark stuff than, you know, trying to, Mm -hmm. to make light of like, uh, the rest of life. I don't know if that makes sense, but I, I'm I'm very interested to hear more about that. (laughs) Yeah. I I don't, I'm not, I don't celebrate that or revel in it or anything. I just feel like, um, maybe because I went through a lot of dark things or I don't know what, but like, uh, I feel like when bad things happen, it's, uh, you know, in- you have yeah, exactly. I have the equipment to get through it. And, uh, I, I, I like the fact that I can lead the torch for someone else. And, um, mm. you know, that gives me a sense of confidence and calm. Whereas the rest of life, I'm like, uh, I'm just trying to get by, man. I don't know what's going on. <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm doing my best. Um, definitely celebratory times are the best and, you know. Um, most uh, intuitive because you know those are the best but I don't know I don't know if that made sense Mm -hmm. (laughs) tangent over (laughs) well I'm always interested because I feel like
0: you know our culture and the way that we are supposed to socialize or the way I feel like we're supposed to socialize with, with the small talk and weather kind of discussions which are fine i'm very interested in the weather but (laughs) it's like i don't really know how to handle this i would really just rather people tell me deep dark bullshit i'm like i don't know your first name but i will know your like mother issues i'm like that's that's fine that's
1: funny (laughs) um i think we need both uh i think it's good to be deep divers and um examine and question and you know analyze but uh that can get real tiring real quick. So (laughs) I think it's all about
0: balance. I mean, I think there's definitely ways to like, to learn about yourself through the more, the things that are supposed to be Uh fluffy in life. Because last, like a year or two ago, I went to Target just because I felt like going clothes shopping, even though that doesn't usually work (laughs) out. But, uh, so I went to Target and I, I, there, there were these, um, these, like, clothes with, like, Bollywood type of patterns on them. With, like, purple and orange elephants. Oh, wow. And it's just, like, really, like, joyful. And I'm like, this is the kind of clothing I love to look at. And, you know, I love to see in other people with, like, different body shapes. But I don't, you know, I've never even tried these things on. So I took a bunch of stuff that I usually uh, wouldn't even pick up for myself. Even though I really, like, admire it aesthetically from afar. And I tried them on the dressing room and I didn't end up buying anything, but it was all an experiment and like, Oh, could I be this other, like, like this, this idea of the person who wears this in my own head? Can, can I be someone who wears these patterns instead of someone who wears like solid colors and like polka dots? Totally. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I think that's a really solid point. Like, um, you know, our identity can be based in so many different things. Um, For me, I think it's mostly based in like intellectual stuff, but, um, you know, sometimes just trying on a different hat, you know, not literally, I mean, maybe a literally a hat, but like, you know, a different um, role or a different, you know, um, yeah.
0: It's like an attempt to expand yourself and be like, oh, I could also include this in my life. You know, this is possible for me. I'm not locked out of that. Um,
1: I feel like so many people limit themselves. It makes me sad because, you know, people feel like you have to be a certain thing or, you know, I don't know what, Uh, like parties. I love planning parties and um, oftentimes they come together really well and people have been like, I don't know how you do that. Like, you just you know get some food and invite people and have low expectations and whatever happens happens <laughs> you know um or uh like dancing you know you don't have to be classically trained to dance you know yeah. low expectations help totally. with that too <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> i you know i think trying stuff is um important and it's i think it's brave because you know do trying new stuff can be scary but i i think you hit on an important point there that that that's a big part of building identity is like realizing that you are the curator, you know, you're the architect and you yeah. can do whatever you want.
0: That's taken me like so long for, for that to click in my head. It took me, I think until I moved like two years ago to realize for something in my head to like come click, completely click all the way. And it's like, wait a minute, you're an adult. <laughs> you have powers. Like, all the things you thought about doing when you were, like, a 15-year-old that you couldn't do because you didn't have money or a car or a driver's license or a mom who was willing to take you anywhere and not uh-huh. laugh at you. You can buy all the candles. You can make, like, a pagan altar. You can try out makeup and fail at it hysterically. You can try to dye your hair red again <laughs> and maybe fail. <laughs> but, yeah, you can. I, I can try out, like, the people I couldn't be for, like, economic in logistic reasons when i was younger and be like oh like now that i'm adult and are these things really still relevant to me and you know are these going to be part of my life now that i have the choice and the ability to gather the objects necessary and,
1: and yeah it's an exciting time
0: I, i'm really amazed at how long it can take some people including me to like recognize that they are adults who have more autonomy than they used to <laughs>
1: Yeah, I could see it taking a little while to dawn on people.
0: I forget sometimes. Like, a lot of my friends didn't leave their parents' house until they Mm are about 25. And I always forget. I actually left when I was, uh, like, two years younger than that. But I feel like, I don't know. I I guess I forget sometimes because I think the age to leave home is maybe 25 because I just have so many friends who that Hmm. applies to. But I was a little bit younger. But I was still, like, searching for so many jobs only getting low paid ones like Uh, just having a lot of trouble feeling totally secure in that way obviously that's freaking difficult (laughs) especially in the last you know how -hmm. many years right
1: economy so Mm -hmm. yeah of course
0: i didn't feel like oh i'm a human who has like some financial power over my own life (laughs) it does i guess that makes sense yeah Plus, you know, you live your childhood. This is uh-huh. the first part of your life. It's the first part for so long, it doesn't seem <laughs> to end. <laughs> Especially if you're a millennial and can't find work because the economy uh. freaking tanked. But <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, you just feel like a kid for so long. It's like, oh, I, of course I didn't realize I was an adult <laughs> and had new powers, basically. I, I'm saying the word powers a lot. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, oh uh, yeah, what are some realizations or like epiphanies you've had about yourself or your life? Like, have, do you have any like really like crystallized moments in your life where where suddenly things bloomed in your mind? It's like, hmm.
1: oh, well, um, I think I did a I did a pretty significant turn on whether or not I wanted kids. Um, For a long time, when I was younger, you know, and I was so sad and um, angry and all of those negative feelings, I was like, oh my gosh, this world is terrible. I don't want to bring a person into this world, (laughs) Um, you know, and that was my attitude for a while. Um, But then I think as I started to change and get more agency and um, maybe a more possible positive, optimistic view of the world, I thought to myself, you know, we need more people who want to make it is it is a tough world out there. I mean, you know, there's no doubt about that. But I think we need more people who want to try and help we need more helpers. <laughs> so, um, you know, I, I love a lot. And I want to bring really good, smart, loving people into the world to try to make it better. Um, so that was a, a pretty big um, change of perspective for me. Um, for a while there, it it wasn't until I met Steven that, um, I realized I could have kids and, you know, go for a really great professional career. (laughs) Well, I I mean, (laughs) of course it can be done, but you know, for me personally, um, I had been living like paycheck to paycheck for many years and mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I knew I wanted kids, but I was so scared because I was like, How the hell like you know how do you make it in this day and age like <clears throat> you know, and, and um I just it, like um I don't know, maybe three or four years ago the the seed was planted in my head. Maybe I'd like to go for a PhD. That would be pretty cool and maybe I could be like a professor or a researcher. Um but I thought to myself there's no way I could do that and have kids. <laughs> and then when I met Steven, he was like, why not? And I was like, oh yeah, why not? That's a good question. <laughs> you know, um if you you know he's like what if you had a supportive partner and you know you made it work together and da. And um so yeah, I think finally, you know, meeting the right person who believed in me and was uh, a partner and wanted to do things together, um that really changed the game for me and made me believe that I could do both and and that was a really exciting um epiphany. Steven is the best by the way in the That's, whole world. Yeah. <laughs> I mean,
0: basically he's in my top 5. So. <laughs> That's so great. I'm really glad that that he could you know bring you that like <laughs> oh, why not moment. That's really great, especially cuz I feel like over the years a lot of my s- discussions with Steven have been like, "Wait, what are you talking about, Steven? Why can't you do this?"
1: <laughs> he's uh yeah, he's pretty great for many reasons, but one of which is like I think he's got some great insights and
0: he's just a great guy all right diverge from the i know i was like let me just reel myself in because i
1: could just talk about him all day
0: (laughs) to change the tone entirely have you ever discovered something about yourself that scared or alarmed Hmm. you
1: i'm gonna go with probably um (laughs) let me think about that for a minute (laughs) scared or alarmed oh um yeah. I I generally deal um consider myself like a very controlled person like um I'm good at expressing myself, but I have found that you can't be your like 100% authentic self with every single person you meet. You know, like a lot of times yeah, you have definitely. to keep your shit to yourself. Um, you know, just the nature mm-hmm. of professional life and whatever. so um and generally I think of myself as pretty calm pretty courteous um you know I I generally get along with people pretty well but once in a while I'll meet somebody who intentionally or unintentionally pushes my buttons and I can just go from zero to 60 get real hot real quick and I hate it um I mean (laughs) To be fair to myself, I think my standards for myself are really high. So it's not like I ever, you know, tear someone to shreds, but um, I can just, if I my, you know, like, I'll give you an example. So I, I am in my, um, about to start my second year in the PhD program and woohoo, <laughs> I <laughs> made it. <laughs> and it's very stressful, very rewarding, but very stressful. And um, there was uh, uh, this class last semester where um there's there's eight of us in the cohort and we have to plan a study together and so you've got eight people eight different personality types eight different areas of research interest and you have to plan one study you know one topic it's it was very challenging um we had some serious come to jesus moments (laughs) but um so there was one time (laughs) where we were going around the room listing um ideas for topics and it was very generic like let's say uh one person said car and another said boat and another said plane so three people had gone before me and said car boat train and I said something I saw as very innocuous like plane and someone um this guy interrupted you know or like butted it in and, and was like what do you mean by plane? And I was like, what do you mean by plane? (laughs) (laughs) I, I had just been like the whole class. I was fuming, but I was keeping it to myself. And I just, I mean, I didn't like curse him out or anything, but I did shout a little bit. And, um, (laughs) you know, so for me, that was, that really tore me up. Like I, I felt so sad and frustrated with myself that I had lost control in that way. Um, And uh, I apologized to the guy a couple hours later, but, um, so I'm not sure when I learned that about myself, actually that, that time might've been the first, the first time that I I remember in the recent past. And, um, I I don't have any good answers for it yet. I'm trying, (laughs) but like I said, you know, you just professional situations, you just can't always express yourself. So I have not figured that one out yet. How to like, um, process those kinds of frustrating emotions when you have to hold it together.
0: Yeah. I mean, I'm sure you'll find many <laughs> other situations in which you get to Yes, I'm that.
1: sure you're correct.
0: <laughs> we already touched on this a little bit with the previous Stephen talk, but um, what self-knowledge has emerged through your direct relationships with hmm. other people?
1: Um, I've learned that I'm a good friend um, that I I care a lot about people. Um, how
0: do you, how do you show that? Um,
1: I think I'm supportive. Um, I've been told that I'm a good listener. Um, I try hard to be really present with people and, um, you know, make space for them in my life and in my heart. And I, um, I try to be, I mean, I don't have to work at it really hard. I just people are in my heart. So, you know, I'm, i I like to think I'm thoughtful. Yeah. I, I send birthday cards and Christmas cards and that sort of thing. Um, well, when I was a youngster though, I learned that I was just a few years ago, actually, like, I don't know how many, maybe five, six. I, I realized now that I was very needy, needy friend. Um, you know, in Alaska, when I was forced to be alone, (laughs) I probably had plenty of time to meditate on that. (laughs) Um, but I realized, yeah, like I had, um, you know, just, uh, if I didn't hear from somebody for so long or, you know, after several attempts to reach them and like get to hang out, try to hang out. And I, I don't know if those are good examples or not, but I, I do remember getting frustrated with people and, Uh, you know, in hindsight, now that I, like, I was literally, I, I had no friends in Alaska. I mean, Steve, I met Steven's friends who were very nice. I met some lovely people, but Mm -hmm. like, never got close really, you know, or hung out much. So, um, Mm -hmm. so anyway, so, so having had all that time, uh, without friends, like looking back at the time where I would get frustrated if I didn't Get to hang out with someone over the course of a week or two. I'm, I'm like, you idiot! You had it all. <laughs> um, uh, but you know, like I said, it, it makes me realize that. Oh gosh, I must have been kind of demanding. So um, that's. Uh, but you know, like I said, I I think that I've kind of done a 180. Wait, is it 180? Yeah. yeah. So uh, done a 180. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think I've done a 180 on that. And like, I like to think of myself as a very understanding, you know, um, friend, uh, like my, one of my oldest, best friends, um, who I've known since I was about 15, she moved to a different country when I was like 18. And so for a while, every time she came back to visit in Florida where I'm originally from, I would get so upset when I didn't get to see her very much. And, you know, I, I, uh, and then when I moved to Alaska and I made those visits back to Florida, I realized how hard it is, you know, when you have to split your time like mm-hmm. that, trying to see all these people you love. Um, uh, I, I, I apologized, I've apologized to her a lot in the past few years for um, how demanding I was on her time when, uh, when I was younger. And so that's another thing I, I, I learned about myself through friends, I think how to be a better friend I mean, don't be an asshole <laughs> <laughs> have you ever
0: recognized anything about yourself learned through uh, more indirect means like books and tv
1: oh my god every time i read a brene brown book i feel like <sighs> pew, pew, mind explosions oh exciting. <laughs> i've only yes. just
0: been introduced to brene brown like in the past few weeks i went to the library last week and got three of her books out So I'm definitely renewing all of them. I cannot read them fast enough, but.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. um, So I love self-help books and just books that make you introspective. And um, I feel like they can be extremely helpful. Sometimes even just the time to stop and be quiet and read, um, even if it's not like a direct lesson, Mm -hmm. but just having that quiet time, I think, can be really valuable. It feels really Um, But yeah, I feel like I learn from books all the time.
0: The next question, I I have no order to these questions, by the way. That's okay. Just going, just the fact that I keep announcing the next question is just like (laughs) emphasizing to me, like you didn't put this in any sort of order that made sense. You just wrote them down kind of randomly. (laughs) Live and learn, Teresa. Live and learn. I I can live, I hope. Uh, (laughs) All right. Do you have any long-standing fears about yourself that have
1: anything that's come to
0: fruition? That would be really interesting. <laughs> yes. Well,
1: yes. <laughs> um, my first semester in the Ph.D. program, I was petrified of failing the class. Oh, yeah. I was like, no, 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 no. What if I fail? What if I fail? And um, and I failed uh, a class. <laughs> but <Congratulations>. to, um, <laughs> thank you. I lived but um, to uh, clarify, um, in the program, you have to have a 3.0 or better. So anything oh, yeah. below a B is considered failing. So the one, this one class uh, was extremely challenging, data analysis. It's, you know, high-level statistics. And, you know, I had just moved there from Alaska. I had just gotten engaged. Um, I'm in this stressful program that, you know, I'm taking three classes. Each one requires three hours of class uh, 10 to 15 hours outside of class and then a 20 hour week job. And it it was just a lot getting used to the culture, (laughs) getting used to Baltimore. Like it was a lot. So I was so scared that I was going to fail one of these classes. And what does that mean? Am I going to, you know, um, so this data analysis class, um, I did pretty well because, you know, I got a tutor, I worked my ass off, but it, in the last test in finals week, I just froze like, I just, I just froze. I I got to the last three questions and I started crying and I, I was so frustrated. I, it was a take home. We had a week to work on it. So I worked on it all day for two days. I called my instructor crying. I was like, I just, I don't know. I, you know, it was open book, open notes. So I was like, I've read all of my notes and I've read the textbook and I just, I don't know what to do. (laughs) And she's like, it's going to be fine. You know, think of this. She said, think of this more as a conversation, about um where you're at less of a grade and I am you know and then I saw her in person not too long after that and she's like I haven't looked at your test yet but I'm I'm pretty sure you didn't fail I'm sh-, you know it's it's going to be fine
0: Oh gosh This <laughs> just made me more nervous I'm pretty
1: yeah. sure I'm <laughs> fine, I don't know <laughs> Yeah. So then I was like, all right, cool. I got this. And then two weeks before the next semester starts that instructor and my advisor called me, uh, or, you know, emailed me and said, we, you know, we need to talk. Let's have a teleconference. I was like, fuck, what does this mean? <laughs> um, so, uh, they were like, so your final brought your grade down to a C and they didn't say that means you failed, but you know, that means I failed. Um, and my heart just sank in my chest. Um, but they explained my options to me. I couldn't really talk. I was, like, crying. I just, like, I couldn't talk. <laughs> but I listened to all the options, and I said I would think about it and get back to them. So um, my options were I I could just – so it's a two-part class. I had taken the first one. I could just go on to the second part and um, – then, you know, I I might struggle with it. And Mm -hmm. uh, also, I would have to do like much better in the future to balance out that C grade, you know, because like I said, you have to have a Mm -hmm. 3.0. Or I could retake the class, but I wouldn't be able to do that until my second year this coming August. Um, And uh, so I opted to do that. And it turned out to be, the best possible scenario because for like a multitude of reasons. One is that um, this is a very complex subject and, you know, math has always been something I struggled with anyway. So um, the the data analysis is like woven into the other two classes I was taking this semester, but kind of indirectly. So um, it was like I got to learn more about it without – in a, without being in a, in a pressured kind of way, you know? So I feel like the first time I took it, I learned a lot. I learned, you know, much of the basics, but there was a lot of holes and gaps in my knowledge. And so over the course of this past semester, I feel like a lot of those gaps got filled in. Hmm. And I, I feel like when I take it again in August, excuse me, I feel like I'm going to do much better. I'm going to understand so much more. And it's such a foundational class to the rest of the program and to the rest of my career that I kind of feel lucky that I get this extra time with this important subject to really wrap my head around it Mm -hmm. rather than having had, you know, if I had moved on and just, like, struggled, you know, really struggled with it. Um, So, uh, yeah, so it was this thing that I was – literally I panicked about like I had I had panic attacks I was having trouble sleeping like I was truly terrified that I was gonna fail and I failed and it was like you know it turned out for the best kind of so um yeah
0: that's great I I love stories like that where it's like oh I'm terrified (laughs) of this and it happened and I'm like oh it was it was great it helped (laughs) directly build like a better situation,
1: <laughs> yeah, yeah life's life can be really funny that way, I think it makes me think
0: that we should all just, with the exception of like obviously physically dangerous things, maybe, <laughs> but like anything that's emotionally scary for us, like maybe we should just f- fucking do it, just go at it,
1: <laughs> yeah, dude, like, I mean, yeah, that's my motto, um <laughs> I've done a lot of things that a lot of people have seen as risky. Um, but, but, and they are, but they're calculated risks, you know? Um, and, uh, I, yeah, I mean, you know, yeah, don't throw yourself into a fire maybe, but like, <laughs> I think it's okay to take risks. I just maybe. want to know what
0: the flames feel like. <laughs>
1: <laughs> um, yeah, I say go for it. I want to know, has anything
0: entered your life or what has entered your life, uh, that has made you feel more empowered or empowered to change or to more fully inhabit yourself
1: well so uh like I said in my late teens and 20s I worked a lot of different jobs but um the last one before I went back to school I was an executive assistant and um or no what was it oh I was like an account something I don't know it was it was something administrative and um, I uh, I got a lot of um, agency from that because it was the first time that I felt like people really valued my intellect and I was able mm-hmm. to um, you know shape the way their systems worked and um, you know my boss was like very appreciative of the way I did things and Um, my work ethic and things like that and that made me feel great and it made me feel empowered and made me want to do more Um, and it you know the the drive to go back to school because previously I you know everyone's like you know you can't get by without a college degree and I'm like fuck you I can't (laughs) Um, but you know so doing this job and like having what I perceived as these really great ideas, but then, you know, they get up to a certain manager and then they die because that manager mm-hmm. didn't like them. I was like, oh my God, I got to get that piece of paper, man. <laughs> um, I cannot have these assholes telling me what's what. Um, so, uh, so, yeah, I think that job was uh, really helpful for me in, in that way. And then once I was in school... Um, I, uh, well, it took me a little while to find my love of social work. Um, but once I found it, it wasn't very long before I was planning these like big elaborate social worky things like, um, this place that I really, really loved called Hope Community Center, who helps, um, Latino immigrants, um, with a lot of different things to empower themselves. And, um, and, <clears throat> so one Christmas season I went to a ton of their mothers and uh asked, you know, like what's on your wish list for your kids uh for Christmas and then I went out and either had all of those items donated or I had businesses donate um goods and services which I auctioned off to pay for the rest of those things and um me and some other social workers, I, you know, packed up my Hyundai full of, you know, I felt like Santa Claus. I just had tons and tons of gifts, and so did the other gals. And we went there around Christmas and gave these moms, you know, all, like their whole wish list. Um, so I just looked out at this huge room full of women who we had um, helped have a better Christmas. And it's, uh, you know, it's a really cool, empowering thing. Um, To know that, you know, you can do a lot of good in the world that way. So I think work and school have been really transformative for me.
0: I do find that, yeah, it is kind of like an inertia type of thing. It's like if you feel, if you, you have accomplished these little things, it's like, oh, I can affect change in my little realm and I can do bigger things and bigger things and bigger things and eventually be Santa Claus.
1: (laughs) Definitely (laughs) start your own country. I don't know. (laughs) That's funny, but totally. Yeah. I think, um, we build on our successes. I think, Oh, I have a quick, funny Alaska story for you. Yes. (laughs) So, um, I think it was around Christmas time. Um Oh, let me turn off my phone. So right around Christmas time, I... um Oh, hang on. Let me back up. So I was in uh, a region where um not only did you have to fly in or out of the main village where I lived, you also had to fly in or out to these even more remote, smaller villages that only had like 150, 200 people in them. So mm-hmm. I was responsible for three of those other small villages. So I had to go fly out to them. Um like a few times a month. And so um, I loved going out there and being with the kids, especially and planning events. So around Christmas, I had planned uh, one event in one village. And and then I was going to fly to the next village and do another event there. So I went to the one uh, village and did the event and it was great. But then I got snowed in as frequently happened in, um, this part of Alaska. And (laughs) I i called the other, I called the school in the other village and to apologize and say, I'm so sorry. You know, I got snowed in. Um, but, uh, you know, I'll make it up to you guys. And the, um, the teachers were like, well, um, if we came to pick you up by dog sled, would that work for you? And I was like, fuck yes, that would work (laughs) for me. (laughs) So they came and picked me up by dog sled. And so I took all my presents and I put them in the sleigh or sled or whatever. <laughs> and you have your own balto moment. Yeah, so I I rolled up to the um village, uh the other village and you know, they parked just right in front of the school. So all the kids were waiting outside the school for me and when I pulled up, they like hopped in the sleigh and it was just so <laughs> cute. It was <laughs> It was like, oh, it was one of my happiest memories. And they were just all so happy, and I gave them stuff, and we had a party. It was a lot of fun.
0: Oh, my gosh. That's so cute. <laughs> uh, what's something that you like about yourself that most people wouldn't know?
1: Huh. That's a tough one, because I like to think of myself as transparent. Um.
0: You know, or something that
1: a lot of people know also.
0: But <laughs> um.
1: Come on, Allison. You like things about yourself. What are they? <laughs> um, I think I'm funny-ish. Um, no, that's not my best one. Uh, yes, pick the
0: best thing about yourself. You must choose now. Favorite child. <laughs>
1: um, I like to write. I think... Um. I don't, I don't know, I don't think I can do, I don't, I don't do well, like, um, classic writing, you know, um, you know, totally grammatically styled well, but I write from the heart, so when mm. I write things, you know, I, I write like I'm talking to somebody I care about, and, um, that's one of my favorite things about myself, because, um, Sometimes I've I've on a few occasions I've written something that has really touched people and you know I've had a few people tell me that like that was really helpful to me or um mm-hmm. and, and that, that makes me feel really happy. Yeah.
0: I remember um reading an article or post you wrote that got published somewhere somewhere a little fancy, I think. <laughs> um about like people's appearances on social media oh. and someone someone saying, oh, you seem so happy on Facebook. And and basically you rebutting that. And I was like, oh, that's great. <laughs> like that honestly brings me so much comfort because I know, you know, just for me, I have so much insecurity. And like, because you know yourself so too well, kind of. Because <laughs> like you're, you're so much inside of yourself that it's like you... you you know all, all of your own crap, but you don't know other people's crap if they're not telling you. Totally. So, it's like, it's really a comfort to know, like, oh, like, your life looks great, and your clothes are really, you know, bright and colorful and happy, but <laughs> but like, you're not, like, having a perfect, serene time. Totally. And it's like, okay, good, you're a human. Uh, we can connect.
1: <laughs> and see, there you go. That makes me really happy. Um, I'm, I'm so glad that that was meaningful to you.
0: All right, I guess we're coming up on an hour, so I'll ask um, if you like to share anything with our hypothetical audience. Since I haven't published anything yet, but <laughs> anything you'd like anyone who happens to hear this to like look into or donate to, or hmm. anything you'd like to any, anything you'd like to rep
1: <laughs> um, for for the internet. Let's see. I think I would call back to something we were talking about earlier which is just that um you know we I, we really can i think maybe we can't be anything we want like i don't think i can be a bird but um <laughs> you not know not yet <laughs> not yet with technology um, <laughs> Elon musk will find a way <laughs> you know i really do think many to most things if you are uh thoughtful and diligent and you work hard you can change so much about yourself um you know you can make yourself happier feel better connect more with people you know whatever you don't like about yourself i think a lot of it we can work through um if you just ask the right questions and um the other thing is something that i've learned from brene brown that has been really transformative which i would like to echo here is um the idea of just how powerful shame can be mm-hmm. it it didn't really Click for me until I read her stuff, but uh just just carrying, you know, you say the feeling like the worst person in the room, just carrying that shit inside mm-hmm. yourself uh alone can be really hurtful and can just make those concepts echo more for you and make them more solidified. Mm-hmm. But I really like that phrase um a burden shared is a burden halved. You know, I think just sharing it, sharing the load with somebody um, can totally change the game, you know, uh, God bless Steven. Every night we <laughs> sit before bed and, um, you know, I just <laughs> share every little thing in my head and he just listens and is very sweet. And then, you know, um, he, you know, it's incredibly helpful to me. And so, yeah, I, I'm a big believer in that. I would say, don't, don't keep your secrets to yourself or your fears, a lot of times they're not as bad as you think. And, you know, the only way to get rid of it or try to change something is to start somewhere and maybe talk to somebody.
0: Yeah. I think that's pretty much one of the many reasons I wanted to start this show.
1: Awesome. <laughs> yeah. It's great. <laughs> Thank cool. you for being my first guest. <laughs> it was my pleasure. Thanks so much for talking with me and asking me to, to talk with you. Great. Excellent. Thanks. All right, sweetie, take care. You too.
0: Bye. Bye. I hope you found some value or interest or entertainment in our first episode of The Worst Person in the Room. I don't know what I meant by our. I think I'm using the royal we. I do that a lot. Anyway, thanks for listening. And I hope you come back. And if you don't come back, well, goodbye. Uh, I love you. Give my love to your grandmother. Um, Bring her hard candies. I don't know. Anyway, I'm Teresa Francesca, and I have been the worst person in this room.